Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast. This is episode number 75. I'm Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helen Yee with Helen Yee Sports. And today's guest is a 15-year pro BMX rider. He's a gold medalist, X Games. He's a television host, great personality, MTV, TJ Lavin. How are we doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you on. And I know you were just down in Mexico, right, doing some filming. Yes, uh, we just filmed the second All Stars um, Challenge All Stars show, and uh, and the the all, the flagship challenge show premiered while we were there filming the All Stars show. So it's it's pretty crazy because my schedule has been very very hectic for the last year, exactly a year from right now. Um, I went to Iceland. And filmed a flagship show with the regular challenge show on MTV, and then I went to Argentina from in February, um, February, March in Argentina, um, April, May, June, July um, in um, Croatia, and then now just just now I got back from Mexico. So it's been hectic. Wow. So normally when you're out there filming. Are you there for a week, or how long does it no, take? I wish. I, I haven't been on a vacation for a week <laughs> in my life, I don't think, since I was 14. But like every every single trip I take is, is about uh, anywhere from five or six weeks to 11 or 12 weeks. Wow. So they're long, long stints, and it's, it's pretty crazy. Like I live in the country and city, wherever I'm at, and I get to know the people and everything else. It's pretty damn cool. Man, I thought it was exciting for us just coming back from Cleveland, but uh, yeah. your, your scene's pretty eventful over there. <laughs> Iceland, Mexico. Yeah, it's all right, man. I mean, Mexico is is, is what it is. It's, it's cool, but, but Iceland was incredible. I mean, it was like, I mean, it was magic there. I swear to God, I saw some unicorns. <laughs> well, you've been uh, working and doing the challenge for many years now. What's the evolution been like? Because now with social media and kind of, you know, YouTube and stuff being prominent, has anything, you know, evolved or changed at all with that aspect? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 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 definitely growing. And it, that's what's so crazy is that I've been a host of TV the same amount or a little longer than I was a pro BMX rider now. So that's so weird because I was a pro BMX dude from fi for 15 years. And for five of those years, I was also a host. So then they they overlapped, and then I became a host, TV host now for 15 and a half years. So it's it's real crazy because when I started this show, it was like pin the tail on the donkey type challenges, you know, real funny stuff. And now we're with, if we don't have helicopters and semi trucks, it's just like, eh, whatever, 
You know what I mean? We have full-on tanks and semi-trucks and high falls and sick stuff. So it's it's real fun. I mean, you guys have to go that way because look on the YouTube game. People like the Nelk Boys, they're raising stakes. I feel like the jackass world kind of influenced this next generation. And I feel like, I mean, we were just in Cleveland for this Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley fight. Youngest crowd I've ever seen at a combat sports event. But it's like you ask these kids, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a YouTube star. I want to be a YouTuber. It's weird to see because when we grew up, it's MTV. You know, it's all that stuff. Real world, cribs, the yeah. challenge, but now it's like, I want to be a YouTuber, and these Nelk boys and people like that are making movies on YouTube. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, I'm very proud of all those YouTube guys because it, they just took something and made it, made nothing. They took nothing and made it something, you know what I mean? It's it's real cool, man. It's like a, a favorite song, you know? They just built something out of nothing and just developed it, and I love it. I love that, that somebody's that innovative and somebody's that driven to do it because you and I both know it's not easy. It's not something that you can just go and build a YouTube following. It's not easy. So they uh, they do it, and, and I'm very impressed. Well, I know you're a big fan of MMA and also combat sports, so what's your take? Because David said we just got back from Cleveland on the Paul brothers because now, like, he just boxed Tyron Woodley. Yeah, I mean – He's definitely fighting older dudes and people that are a little bit long in the tooth, say. Uh, Like, let me see you fight a a 25-year-old in their prime who's a boxer. Don't fight MMA dudes who are in different sports. And it's like a BMX, right? Like, if they have dirt jumpers, BMX, like vert, vert riders and street riders. If you put a dirt jumper into a park contest, he's not going to even come close I didn't even come close like I was terrible like at vert I did shows on vert but they were very basic but but and then Dave Mira who's the greatest vert rider of all time came into a dirt contest and I was laughing you know what I mean I smoked him but he kills me and everything else it's like in in park or, or vert and I'm like it's something that you can't even compare so that's how I see the Tyron Woodley fight like Tyron would would completely kill the kid in an MMA cage and same with Ben Askren yeah dude and Ben Askren I mean come on Ben is like an Olympic wrestler like he don't even really give a care about boxing he probably boxed for like two weeks to set up for this fight you know what I mean so and and he developed like his boxing and stuff like that good enough just to take somebody down and smash him so to me it's like a completely different sport and you're calling out somebody from basketball then you're calling out somebody from wrestling then you're calling out somebody from MMA and like and then you're calling out somebody from BMX and no, I'm just kidding but it's like come on man like like do if you're going to be a pro boxer you want to be taken seriously and which I think the kid can hit like he can hit he's he's definitely staying at range he's good he's doing his thing but and I'm happy for him with all the promotion and everything else too like he's smart you know, he's a smart kid. He definitely turns it up, hires the right people, and, and makes it an event. So everybody's stoked on it, and that's that's what you have to do. I mean, he doesn't care. I think he does care deep down, like if people like or dislike him. I think that's all an act. That's important. But I, I also think that he's smart in making a lot of money in, in the process. So good for him. Bravo. But don't try to say that you're going to be taken seriously but you never fought a 25 year old anybody in their prime you know any top guys in their prime you're calling out people that are done and and tyron's badass but 
He's he's like he's long in the tooth. He's like the greatest ever in MMA. It's a completely different sport. It is. And yeah. to your point earlier too, like a sport like tennis, like Rafael Nadal is a completely different tennis player on clay than he is in grass. And like Federer, I think is a much better tennis player, was a better tennis player on grass than clay. And that's the same sport, just yeah. different surface. Exactly. But but look, here's the thing though. So now he's four and always a professional boxer. But when you are in this sport, and boxing's a sport where you pick and choose your opponents, especially early on in your career, you could make an argument, though, just playing devil's advocate, he is facing tougher competition at this early on stage in his career in boxing than maybe some most typical boxers do, fighting tomato cans and early on in their career. But to your point also as well is I think the fight then to make just what makes sense from a competitive standpoint, the guy who was fighting on his undercard, Tommy Fury, the brother of Tyson Fury. 100 percent i mean because he's a boxer right so he trains boxing he's been in boxing for a while he's a professional boxer like tyron is not a professional boxer so to consider yourself a professional boxer it'd be like me saying i'm a professional vert rider i'm not i'm a professional dirt jumper like it's a completely different sport like you can't even compare it's not even it's like if you were to take this microphone and start singing gospel and like give it to me, man. You, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. You would never want to hear but it. But then if you took a gospel singer and we're like, all right, interview this MMA guy, interview John Jones and be funny. <laughs> it's not gonna happen, dude. Nah. So it's a completely different sport and a whole different avenue that people are taking and and then they're dressing this up and he's paying people through the ringer. I don't know what they're getting paid, but it's not public either. I'm sure it's inflated. Well, it was reported today that Tyron got paid $2 million. $2 million. But this was before the pay-per-view. I'm sure there's pay-per-view percentages. Yeah. Tyron and Jake made $2 million. And then I don't. Th I think the disparity was, was very different. Like yeah. Amanda Serrano, she was the co-main event. She made seventy five k and her opponent made, I believe, forty k. Um, it wasn't too crazy the numbers. No. Tommy Fury made 15k. Well, I, I say that. I, I don't know if I believe that. that, but I'm sure because BT Sport had the rights for the pay-per-view in the UK, I'm sure he got the largest percentage out of that. I would assume I would negotiate that if I was them. But but also, also what I think an elephant in the room here that no one is really talking about much is these MMA fighters are taking the bait. I don't know if it's because they're not getting paid as much as they want. They see the clout. They see the fame or whatever. But every time Jake Paul says something that antagonizes one, everybody jumps. I want to fight this guy. I want to fight this guy. And to your point, we both know he's smart. He wants this attention. He wants people talking about them. And it doesn't matter because they're continuing to take the bait. And as long as they take the bait, the more he's going to continue doing it. Yeah, and I mean, and the, the pay-per-view, I don't know what the pay-per-view numbers are, but I know that people are just paying to see him get his ass beat. Yeah. And it's like, it's perfect because he took the page out of Connor's book and all these stuff. He even makes Connor faces and yells like, and, and like at the weigh-ins and things like that. Like he tries to, to, to juice up the crowd and stuff like that. And like, I respect the kid. I really do. I think it's cool. I mean, it is what it is, dude. Like... Good on you, man. Just do your thing. And, but but it's it's I, I don't know. I mean, two million dollars is nothing to sneeze at. That's something that's a nice little pick me up, especially if you need the money. Like, why wouldn't you go in there? You're you're a combat athlete. Like, you could go in there and protect yourself. Like, he wasn't ever in danger, and he definitely wailed on the dude. Like, he could have knocked him out of the, in the third row if there was no ropes. So you know, there is if he could have gotten it done, I think. You know how he attacked more, but um, it, it was. I, I feel like one, he's like, okay, two million bucks plus whatever, so maybe 
three million, say uh, plus, plus sponsorships, plus sponsorships. Yeah. He maybe gives a sponsorship now out of the deal, whatever, and and or show up money and all this other stuff, right? But then, so if you say that he's all in, he makes three million dollars. So then the rematch. So now you can make six million dollars, and then if he wins, now you make ten. You know what I mean? So it's it's like now you just made ten million dollars out of a fight of a dude that's pretty much an amateur boxer. You know, his he's only fought one amateur fight, right? And then three pro fights before you, and now you're his fifth fight total of his life, and that's pretty damn safe. On the note of the rematch, so that's kind of the big topic where Jake's like. I guess before they kind of agreed, the loser has to tattoo the name of the winner. So what did he say? Jake said that maybe he'll entertain a rematch if Tyron gets the tattoo done, but he has to get it done quick. And Tyron is like kind of pushing for it too. And they're making conditions on the tattoo bet and stuff like that. But I was there when they, they there was a handshake. It was at the press conference in yeah. Los Angeles. There's got to be a tattoo no matter what, uh, just based off of a gentleman's agreement, regardless if there's a rematch or not. 100%. If you're not, you know, he's going to pay him. Like, you have to. Like, you can't welter bet, dude. Like, there's nothing worse. Like, if you if you <laughs> welter the bet, that that's, that's soft as a pillow. And and you've got to, I mean, I don't have any tattoos. And if somebody said that tattoo bet to me, I would just say no. Like, to just say no. I don't have any tattoos, and I'm not going to get my first tattoo in case hell freezes over and you knock me out. I'm not getting your name tattooed on me. No. That's too much. And I'll just say that. Like, you made the bet. You don't have yeah. to be, like, tough guy and be like, no, yeah, okay, cool, let's do it. You know what I mean? You don't bet. No. I'm just, I'm just going to say no. No. <laughs> it's not that hard. Okay. Like, okay. Just send me there, and I'll tell you. Like, no, no. He's not doing it. All right, he's not doing it. But now that he made the bet, you're definitely doing it on your shin, loud and clear. Oh, Who cares? On the shin. <laughs> yeah, whatever, dude. Like I love Jake In Paul. Cursive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like even if you want to have him sign it. <laughs> yeah, he would do it. Not a bad idea. Yeah, sign it. So you're a huge MMA fan. Yes, very big. I mean, I see a lot of these guys follow you. Uh, how did you get into the sport, and what got you to be addicted to it? What was that moment like? Well, I loved it since I was in high school. So like since 1992 and three, like I would buy the VHS tapes and watch them and watch Hoist and all the people like, oh my God, like this is the most incredible thing in the world. This, you know, these guys are so small and so big and different size and head butts and like crazy things. And then it came to Vegas and I watched it since it was in the ballroom at Bellagio. So we would go to the ballroom in Bellagio and it would be like, only flat seating, like barely any bleachers. And if there were bleachers, metal bleachers, I, I think maybe I can remember. And and um, we would sit on these flat, like crazy chairs, and it was the most uncomfortable thing in the world, but I watched Chuck Liddell in, in the ballroom at Bellagio. And Tito was like there one day, and, and I went, we had Escalades. He had Escalade and I did too, but I didn't know him. But then we both got out together and I was like, Oh my God, that's Tito Ortiz. And he had his championship belt on. And I was like, oh my God, he's wearing his belt. That's so weird. And then, like, and then like, he walked through the club, he's wearing it backwards. He walked through the casino with his belt on backwards. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, this is crazy. Like, it'd be like if I wore X game medals around and stuff. And I was like, this is, I don't know. But I've seen it since. Like, he was kind of setting the trend, like, 
other dudes wear it too sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, you're not really supposed to hold your pants up with that dude. Like that thing's a trophy. <laughs> dude, dude, he's fighting next week. Anderson We're going to be there. Silva. He's boxing Anderson Silva at Staples Center September 11th. Is the co-main event to the Oscar de la Hoya Vitor Belfort boxing match. Oh my God. Triller. Like, Snoop see, Dogg. that's another thing, man. Like, like you can't put Vitor in with a boxer. Like, even if the boxer's 65 years old, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like, he boxes. He's a boxing dude. Like, don't say you're going to go ride BMX with me. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, it's stupid. Like, you're not, it's a different sport. See, I think, well, Anderson Silva beat Julio Cesar Savez Jr. He beat him a couple of weeks a ago. Boxing match. Boxing match. Wow. But, but, but no, but to your point, though, uh, Vitor's got some boxing background and there's a there's a noticeable size difference between the two. Oscar hasn't fought since the Manny Pacquiao fight 2008 yeah. and you know the guy the guy likes the white girl. So who knows how sober he's been for this. So it'll be interesting and Vitor's game, who knows if he's on anything or not, but he looks like he's jacked as hell. It's Vitor. I think though, so Anderson's boxing uh, Tito. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to go for Tito. I think that's uh, that that's I'm actually more worried for Tito than I am for Vitor in the main event against Oscar. I mean, I, I, like what ounce gloves are they using too? That's another thing. That's a, a, is it eight or ten? I think it might be ten, but don't quote. Because this this one was like twelve or fourteen, wasn't it? Which one? The the, the Jake the, Paul. Yeah, the Jake, the Jake Paul, Paul fight. I thought they were ten ounce yeah. gloves. I, thought uh, it was 10. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think it was. I think they were bigger. Okay. Because because. They're more pillow style. Like I know if 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 Tyron hit him for real with some smaller gloves, it's a yeah. it's a yeah. game over, dude. Like so, I I don't think I th I feel like they were a little bit bigger gloves. Um, that matters for sure. Um, we used to box that in BMX, like just for the hell of it. And it was, it was smaller gloves. I would not do it. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to be part of that. And then when it was bigger gloves, I was like, all right, let's get in there. Cause it was not, it didn't hurt. It was, you were getting smoked, but it didn't hurt. It wasn't too bad. So if, if you, if they have heavy, heavy gloves, like then you're, you're going to be all right. And it's, it's paydays, you know, everybody loves to see these dudes. So. Well, is this going to be kind of the new trend, right? Like these boxing type of matches? Because they also have, what, in a couple weeks, Lamar Odom versus Riddick Bowe? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it could be a trend. Uh, it's definitely going to be a high burnout because the hotter the flame, the faster it burns. It's like, I don't think it's going to be really, I don't really give a care about seeing dudes that like that fight each other. You know what I mean? Like, Especially dudes like me and and dudes that have been in action sports or any kind of sport that's hit your head a lot, any football players or any MMA guys, like we don't have any business being in the boxing ring, hitting our head and brain more. You know what I mean? Because we've already been knocked out fifty times or however many knockouts and or concussions, and you can't do that, dude. Like, take it easy. And like, look at Oscar. Like, you know, he he may or may not have had so many brain jumbles and and knock you know head knocks that he's making some wild decisions like i'm gonna fight this guy or that guy now i'm gonna fight everybody you know what i mean and it's like come on man like we should not let them do that like we should be like all right let's just concern ourselves with the health and safety of our our, our former heroes 
But the the comparisons though from your sport and to MMA, like you know, it's an individual sport. You know, yeah. you're you're as good as your your last performance and the highs and and lows and the risk taking and everything like that. Uh, I mean, talk us through the kind of that mindset that you have to make uh, for taking an event, for taking a race, for taking um, a competition, rather, for your situation, taking a competition. Like, what goes into that? What are the pros and cons? What do you weigh into that? And, like, the risks involved? Because every single time you perform, just like a fighter, you are putting your life on your line. Obviously, 2010 was a crazy year for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've had over 50 knockouts or, like, 50 flash knockouts or headbangers and things like that two comas like one of them was only six hours one of them was two weeks and and it's like when you when you hit your head that much then you're pretty sure you you gotta like watch it you know what i mean so the only thing i contribute to my recovery is that i never drank or never did any drugs so i like i was i had all those brain cells to kill so i was like sweet man i had a lot of leftovers so that that was great but i think you know going back to your point like the individuality of our sports and and how dangerous they are and, st- and stuff like that i think that is why athletes respect other athletes so much um and in mma even like when all the shit talking's done they get back together they're like all right cool most of the times they they sweep it aside and they're like you know what dude you got in here like you're you're a bad dude so you know we we got to respect each other and also one fight could be that's it that's a wrap thanks for playing and and more more often than not it's boxing that kills you so um then more often than mma you know so i mean there's been a few mma guys that passed away but but more often than not it's boxing right so it's because of the head trauma and the gloves aren't the ones that knock you out straight away it's the constant head head hit and and they know that so it's like dude the, the respect level between each other and athletes, it's like, man, I knew what it took for you to get in there. I really respect that. So, and like for me, they say, you're like, I, I really respect that you went and did whatever it was. And, and like, cause I know what it was like getting in the shower the morning of the contest and knowing that that shower was gonna feel different after the contest. It's just a matter of when, how bad, and, if it was just going to be some scratches or if it was going to be broken bones or if it was even going to happen, you know, it's because I might be in the hospital. So, but I knew that for a fact, that shower, like in Cleveland, it's funny you say that because in Cleveland, I remember the first time that I noticed that I was like, damn, this shower is going to hurt this tonight. And I still had to go out in there and do whatever it was. You know what I mean? So it was, it was gravity games. And like so, and I did, and it was it was great, and I was right because I definitely skidded up in practice and got in a couple car accidents, quote unquote, like because you're you're crashing your ass off, and so when you crash, it's like a car accident every time, like just you know whatever, and so you have all kinds of cuts and scra- scratches and and bruises and bumps and whatever, and strains and sprains, whatever, and then do the contest. And if you don't crash, then awesome. But if you do, then that sucks too. So then, because you're really trying your hardest to land whatever it is, because it's in the contest, it counts, it's for money. And then, and then you go home and shower, and it's like ah, the shower. So it's like every time. So it's it's like damn, dude. And I really respect these guys when they're in the press conference and they know that in a day 
it's going to be a different deal. Like you're just going to think differently. Everything sucks. It's different. It's weird. And if you win, it's amazing. It's it's unbelievable. And if you lose, you look at the other guy and you're like, ah, I'm so jealous. Like I'm. I wish that that was me. Like you know, like the times I won, I was like, oh my god, this is great. I was on cloud nine. You know, pockets are full. Everything is great. But then if you lose, you're like, damn, dude, his pockets are full. Mine aren't. <laughs> that sucks. And it, it's crazy. It's such a weird dynamic. Walk us through the moment right before a competition starts. What's going through your head? Um, well, mine is, it depends on what day it is. Like, uh, Talking the moments right before it's go time. Yeah, yeah. Well, right before, it, you're breathing a lot. And then, like, like, you're, I would always, like, warm up as hard as I could. And, and just and just go fast in the warm-ups and stuff like that and go real high and fast and, and do cool, cool jumps and stuff like that. And then I'd feed off the crowd and they would be all stoked when you'd go and do whatever. And then right before they would say my it was my turn or whatever, it would always be a commercial break. And it was like, God, because so like you're, you're one of the dudes. And so when it's a commercial break, it freezes you. So you have to like time the commercial break so that you can like go, so I'd take another run, practice run, just kind of feeling the jumps out and knowing the speed and how the dirt is reacting to the weather. Because sometimes the weather, like, is if it's dry, dries out the dirt and it's real hard and hard pack, and then you're gonna haul ass. And if it's not and it's a little spongy, and that's what happened to me in Florida, the rain came, it drizzled, and I, I did a run in practice. And I did the exact same run, the first run out, and it was p- going perfectly, but I landed a little bit too good on the on the last set, and and then in the, or the second to last set, and the last set I did the same trick called the decade, went around, landed on the bike, came back, and then when I landed, I was way past the landing. So when I landed, I f- I landed real hard. It drug me off the back, and I broke my leg like Chris Weidman, and. Anderson Silva and like it was double compound fracture tib fib two bones in the dirt so when the two bones hit the dirt it's a different level it's a level like that you'll never explain it's the hardest thing that I ever had to go through including my knockout because uh, knockouts because I was knocked out I didn't even feel it but that pain that day with the bones in the dirt I'm like dude that's a different level like that is that is a burn I don't wish on my worst enemy. So like that that when that happens to you, you think about the contest, it's a little bit different, you know, going back to the before the contest starts and you're like, damn, that changes you. It sucks. So before that day, everything was great. No worries. You know, I was doing talk shows on radio and stuff like that. It was cool. But then that day that happens and you're like, oh my God. And then, then it's like, oh my God, I don't ever want that to happen again. So it's just a little pill in there. And so when these guys go through broken legs or broken arms or broken jaws or anything like that, I can't imagine getting back into the ring with that or super knockouts, you know? Yeah. Well, when that does happen, like how do you rebuild that confidence in your mind to even want to go and compete again? I went to Europe. So, like, I went to Germany and won the world championships and then won, like, a bunch of world contests that didn't necessarily have the people here looking at them. Um, So, like, there was definitely the same riders and stuff 
and it was def- same competition nine times out of ten, but it was different crowd and different um, population looking at you. You know, there was no social media back then, so it was all good. Like nobody saw the contests, so I didn't have any as much pressure. It was like it was weird because when I came home, it was like all the pressure because everybody knew you and everything was going on, and it was awesome. But at the same time, it was pressure. So you're like, damn, man, I really want to make this happen. And so you would try just that much harder. But then when I went over there in Germany, it was like, it was no big deal for me. It was cool. What was your leg injury recovery like? Because Chris Wyman, he just had to get another surgery. And I think it was a decision he had to make because he has plans to compete again. And if he didn't get the surgery again, he wouldn't be able to throw kicks. He wouldn't be able to compete. He still wants to compete. What's that journey like to get back? I was going to try and call Chris because I had the same thing. It's like, it's because when you have a tib fib break, your tib, your tibia, which is the big one, um, that, that heals because they drill through your knee. And when they drill through your knee, they pound a rod through the, through the bone. And then they put two screws in the top bottom, two screws in the top. So then the rod is holding your tibia together, but it's connected. So bone doesn't gap. Like you can't leave a gap between the bones. So it have to be touching or there has to be a mesh. Something has to be touching. So the fibula is the, is the little guy. You can live without that bone, actually. It, it just keeps everything in line. You can live without it, but the pain, is it, it kills you. So, so it squishes like this and it stays open because there's a little gap. And nine times out of ten, those things don't connect. So if you don't, if you don't, have pressure on them they don't connect so you have to plate it so that that's what happened to me like three months later four months later it was still not connected and i had to go back in and dr yee hooked it up for me and he was like uh put a plate on there six more screws and i was good to go the same day i was it, it didn't hurt at all dr yee no relation to helen yee yeah no relation not that i know of <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's cool Damn, though. But that's yeah. that's so intense. Yeah, so you just throw that plate in there and then you're good to go. But I, it was stupid because I could have got that surgery like in February, but I was just, man, I really wanted to see if it healed, you know? And then sure enough, it was still every step. It just killed you. So would you give Chris any advice now that he kind of has to go through that recovery? And stuff? In case he's listening to the Schmozo yeah, podcast. Yeah, get, so. get the surgery quick. Like if you if you didn't already get it, get it. Um, get the the second surgery to plate that fibula because it it's nothing, dude. It's it really the healing time on that thing is a day, and you're good. And so and the, but it, the only thing about it is that there's a uh, I don't want to say it in public, but it's it's like a button on your leg now because if you get kicked there, the pain <laughs> sucks so bad. So it's like I mean it, it's crazy. And there's there's also like. A lot of like leftover bone like right here like right here like wow. like little like bone fragments yeah I can see that yeah that or like calcium deposits I guess they'd probably yeah. be and and if you like kick me there and it, I would like cry like a girl I'd just be like little little baby girl I'd be like no I'm done uncle <laughs> that's it so it's like it's so gnarly like the 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 pain is different level so I, I don't know man it's 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 a really hard one to recover from but but if anybody can do it it's Weidman and and I'm so impressed with with uh, everybody else that has done it so 
It's crazy. Uh, big middleweight fight this weekend, September 4th card. It's supposed to be in the UK. You got Darren Till, Derek Brunson. I, lo- I love Till. I think he's so awesome. I, I love him. I love both those dudes. Yeah, you interviewed I interviewed them both yesterday. yesterday. Uh, Brunson, though, I did it through Zoom because he was packing, he was going through the airport, which it, the character does not shine through the same if you're not face-to-face in person. His like, schmo character. The schmo character. Yeah. And then Till, I went to his place yesterday. Um, actually, it's funny because his teammate, Tom Aspinall, he's an up-and-coming heavyweight. He's number 13th ranked guy. He's the co-main event. He's fighting Sergey Spivak. He came here. We did an, uh, the schmo and the pro on the couch over there. I drove them back uh, to Till's place. They're not staying at the fighter hotel. They're renting a place for the week. And Till is such a fucking goofball. It's so funny because actually our sponsor for the podcast this is a great transition for it. Sheath Underwear, sheathunderwear.com. Use the promo code SHMO to get 20% off. The most comfortable pair of underwear ever. I know a lot of fighters use this. Cowboy Cerrone, uh, big advocate of it among uh, Brandon Moreno. But they have... A dual pouch right here for your balls that separates the, the balls from the shaft so you don't stick on a hot day. The guy who created it, Robert Patton, huge MMA fan like yourself, Iraq war veteran, Afghanistan, all that shit. Iraq, his shit would stick to it, to his leg all the time. He created this dual pouch thing, and uh, they're extremely comfortable. So actually, uh, Till's coach, they lost his luggage, and you know, I was as a nice gesture. They're our sponsor. I had extra underwear. I dropped them off back afterwards. I give Till and the team uh, all the underwear. He drops his pants right then and there <laughs> on the spot in front of his face. I almost all just did sh- that. I, right now, I wasn't but there. I had a lady here. I was like, nah. <laughs> she wasn't I almost with me. Did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't with him. And then he's like, <laughs> let's get a photo. Shmo. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's sick. And I interviewed him just wearing the underwear yesterday. Oh, he's such beautiful a beautiful bastard. I love him, dude. He's the man. He's He's a great dude. He's a I great love dude. Him. I great love him. Humor, me, and, yeah. me and Forrest used to have a show together, and, uh, and we got fired from our own podcast. It was so funny. What? But we, yeah, it's so funny. Another story. But we, we uh, do tell. It's a podcast. Yeah, we just forgot. Like we always like we just sucked at at being on time or anything. Like we just were like, all right, le- like our podcast was just a reason for him and I to hang out because we like each other. But we <laughs> just. We would always forget, or I had to be out of out of town, so it would be through Zoom, and it was just a mess. And uh, and we, I don't know, we just fell apart. But it was it was funny as hell, and uh, and he was on it, and we were like, all right, you got to swallow the mic, and that was like something that we did. So you'd have to try and swallow the whole entire mic all the way down what? as best you could. Me and, me, and me and Forrest did it pretty good. So. It's got a wide mouth. Yeah, they were pretty good. Uh, Oh my god! Oh. Wow, pretty good. You know, we yeah, had we, so we did that like COVID, COVID. Like, uh. man, I was just about to throw someone under the bus to a, that was on her podcast earlier. She did not do that. You were the first person to, to go full on mouth. Forrest, on the mic. that was for you, Forrest. I love you, brother. Holy shit! Holy See that? Me and Forrest did that. But Shmo, what do you got, dude? Let's try it. Give it a go, dude. Come on, I don't, don't think be my shy. Mouth, I don't, don't think my mouth. Don't be shy. You got it, dude. Only because you're Just asking. Just dig deep. Dig deep, man. You got it. Dig deep. Come hey, on. You hey, got Travis, it. am I going to do this you right now? You got it, brother. You got it. All the way down. All the way. All the way. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going, baby. Yeah. <laughs> don't get Holy fuck. You see? 
Nice work, bro. <laughs> Only for you. I, I knew They're going to capture that. That's going to be I all over the fucking you, internet, man. Like, who cares? That's yeah, great. I guess. We, who fuck, I play a fucking character. <laughs> you, for you, your, your character is badass, bro. Who cares? I'm shocked you haven't done that yet. Though. Well, it's pretty he good. Hasn't, yeah, well, we, we, we got to do a schmo in the pro interview. I would love that. We're going to make that happen. But I think it would be great to do it like in your element. Right? Come to my house. We'll do it. Your house, by the way, on MTV Cribs. Phenomenal, love it. it. Was I was telling, you. I was telling Helen yeah. when we get a house, when, when this market crashes, because it's gonna fucking crash. Oh yeah, we need to build a hot tub like what you have. I love the waterfall. I love the stones. I love that rustic fucking look. It's Thanks, great. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what's crazy is that and the gym, the cribs. The gym too is great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's cool. You guys come over and work out, man. I'd love to have you. We'll, we'll do it. Hell yeah, dude. You're invited. Appreciate Thanks. that. Sweet. Wait, you so too. Thanks. <laughs> Shout out to Travis, our yeah. producer. But the swallowing, the mic, I'm curious. Who's I, like, how would you come how up with hell? that? I, I don't know. <laughs> we were just sitting here. I was like, oh, yeah, Forrest? Right. Like, we were just swallowing mics, dude. His jaw hurts, I mean, we got, David's we got, jaw. like, we got a lot of people to do it with us. I think Chael hooked it up, maybe. Chael swallowed the mic. I think he might have been there. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember if it was him or... We had a lot of dudes come through that were badass dudes, like just complete killers, and then and then they swallowed the mic. And we're like, we're laughing our asses off. We're like, dude, we got it done. <laughs> As awesome. a lifelong UFC fan, MMA fan in general, I'm gonna just rapid fire ask you these questions: Is Kamaru Usman the welterweight champion at the end of 2021? Yes. Okay. Francis Ngannou, the baddest dude ever. That guy is scary. He's going to be the scariest guy ever. Going to beat Cyril Gaon when they eventually fight? <sighs> yeah. Okay. I think so, dude. I, I think he's nasty, bro. I'm so scared of him. Like, I don't even want to meet him. <laughs> he lives here now. I'm scared of him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's he's just such a badass dude. Like, uh, I love watching him. I love seeing him. I love, like, everything about the guy. He's just awesome. And he's so, like, sweet. When he talks, yeah, and very you're like, oh my god, I love that. He's a gentle giant, yes, yeah. but he looks tiny next to Shaq. You ever oh, see really? those two together? No, I They're never at saw the him. Performance uh, Institute. I mean, Francis picked him up. I mean, but Shaq is the biggest fucking human I've ever seen in my entire life. Ever been next to? I've never been next to Shaq in my life. The first time I ever never interviewed Dana White when I had my viral moment yeah. in uh, in Atlanta, UFC 236. I interviewed Dana in a suite the next day the first interview because um, he's like who the fuck is this guy I want to meet him right before I do the interview Shaq comes walking into the suite and you know before you know stop the interview but because right before it happened say hi to him shake his hand so I met Shaq my entire hand was swallowed I've never seen a bigger human in my life and he wears like size like 22 shoe as well yeah he's a sweetheart too right he's, a sweetheart, like, he's yeah. cool cool dude yeah I, I, I met a few basketball players like that and I was like oh my god and it was pretty hectic, but that that guy, he's he's a badass dude. He is. He isn't. Imagine if Shaq was a fight. They don't even make a division with his weight. No. Nah. 265 is the limit. He'll just come in and flip the, flip the cage. That's true. <laughs> you step over the cage. Yeah. He's so fucking big. WWE uh, style. WWE style. Uh, light heavyweight, Jan Blahovich fighting Glover Teixeira. And Abu Dhabi, UFC 267. Yep. I, I always, believe. I always... You know, not always, but I really don't bet against age. So I, I think the younger guys are, are a little more hungry, a little less to lose. And and that's that's something that I learned from, from a basketball player actually. Yeah. Um he was he was like uh 
Charles, Sir Charles, I was sitting next to him during a fight, and uh, it was during that fight where Chael said uh, that Anderson Silva absolutely sucked. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, oh, I do yeah. remember that. I'm laughing my ass off behind Charles Barkley. If you ever watch that clip. And then you'll see me laughing my ass off right behind Charles when he said that. I was like, oh, my God. We'll find like, that clip. That that was so funny. I was like, dude, that's the craziest thing I've ever, I've ever heard when he said that because it's so not true. Anderson Silva doesn't suck. He's the best ever. Like He's the baddest dude in the world ever in the history of the sport in my life, in my mind. And and his voice is super, super like high. You would never yes, expect it. Dude. So gentle. And what's so even crazier about this story is that I was in the elevator with Anderson Five minutes after that was said, and I was like, just in the, in the airport, in the um, elevator at the hotel with him, and he's like, "What floor?" And I'm like, "This one." And he's like, "Okay," and then, and then he was real cool, and I was like, "He didn't really mean that, did he?" You know, he's just like, "No, it's all good. That's okay. It's okay." You know, Jan's not that young though. Just to say, he's younger than Glover. Glover's like 40, 41. Yeah, Glover's Jan, up there, dude. Jan's thirty-seven. That's true. That's true. That thirty-seven. Anything after thirty-five, it's all pretty much the same. Okay. So, I think it's all. You know, you're all dad strength at that uh, at yeah. that age. You know, so it's a coin toss on that one. Yeah. Maybe you go with Glover, probably because for the experience. Well, what about Israel and Robert Whitaker? They're probably set to have a rematch soon. Who do you think wins that? Mm, I, I think Izzy gets him because yeah. he's just such a force. I mean, I love Robert Whitaker. I think he's badass. And I and you know what's crazy is that my executive uh, producer hired a director on my last All Star show right now. His name is Rob Whitaker. <laughs> oh, fucking <hell. laughs> And I go, dude, Small world. have you ever heard of the fighter Robert Whitaker? He goes, I get it all the time. I'm like, there you go. Man, you're a force, dude. You're sick in the cage. He's like, shut up. But yes, yeah, so I always called him Whitaker. But uh, anyway, Whitaker is, is, I really like that guy. And I, I love everybody from over there. So it's, you know, all the Aussies and New Zealanders to me are just badass dudes. And they're just made of bricks and just they're all forces. And uh, but Izzy, Izzy, he's from there too, right? So he's he's sick he, too. He's New Zealand and yeah. Whitaker is Australia. So you're like, dude, it you know New Zealanders. I mean, those those dudes are just badass dudes. All blacks, man. You can't mess with those dudes. Yeah, I like Dan Hooker a lot too. Yeah, he's a New Zealand he's guy. Funny. Yeah, he's so funny. Um, shit. So <clears throat> lightweight division. Oliver, I'm assuming Poirier is going to be fighting him. He's not going to wait for McGregor's injury. A year? Like, no. Poirier is going to fight for the title. I assume it's going to be in December. You think uh, Poirier is the champion? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that Dustin is – he's just a badass dude. Like, he, he's on a different level right now. He's riding that wave. That, that energy is so nice. And when it, it's your main priority and it's your main thing, like it is right now for him, it's, it's fun. It's just so fun. He was at the fight. Yeah. Can't miss. You can't miss. You know what I mean? Like he's he's going through a stage in his life right now where like he could go bowling and be good at it right now. And like he, he could like throw a piece a wrapped up piece of paper and there's a trash can that's like three inches tall and just left hand it right in. And it's those those are the kind of things like on the X game years when I did really, really well, it would be doing things like that all the time. I would test myself. I'm like, ah, I want to win the X games if I do this. I want to win the X games if I run this crazy mile, 
you know, in six flat or, you know, all this stuff in, in 120 degrees. Or, or, you know, I would do like little challenges the to myself. The swallow the mic challenge? I would do the swallow the mic challenge if I would have known about it and I would have been smarter. I would have just hooked that up. <laughs> uh, shit. Um, there's so many too. The, like Nunes, is anyone beating her this year to next year? I mean, does she's she even have an opponent? Juliana Pena they are in doing December. That? Yeah. No. No, she's bad. Oh, uh, Rose, they're I doing love, the rematch with uh, Wei Lee yeah. in New York, November 6th. Dude, you that's another one that's throwing little pieces of paper in the trash can from way out and making them. She's so badass. Yeah. And and just such a a class act, you know? Like I I love her and I I love her and the coach dynamic and I think it's real Trevor real cool. Whitman. It's so that kid I call him a kid because I'm old, but he he turns fighters into completely different it's level amazing. specimens. He's I mean, a great coach. I really feel like that. Like, I don't even know if it's if it's just now he walks in the gym and you're like, okay, I must mean something. You know what I mean? Like to where the fighters like convinced he maybe just him being in their corner is like a whole different level of of. Badassness, you know what I mean. So, I remember like my first corporate sponsor. I was like, they matter to me this much. Like they really care about me this much that they are sponsoring me. Man, I must be good. And it brought my level up. You know what I mean? I rode better because of it. Yeah, I'll do a couple more <laughs> quick ones. We'll wrap it. Uh, we'll wrap it. Fire these. Peter Jan, Aljamain Sterling. You know, hang on, say. It was the mic. Yeah, we got water. Running, get water. He's got the mic. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, dude. This the... is why we don't swallow uh, microphones here. <laughs> Fuck! I got a little COVID from the mic, dude. What happened? Not just kidding. Uh, I I like Aljo. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Because I think that he's he's got a little chip, you know, and that's something that you need. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely helps in his favor that they are running this back and <laughs> seeing what he's seen. Uh, shit, my, the one I'm most intrigued about, uh, it's actually happened at the end of this month, The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, we just saw that. Ortega. I mean, Ortega, Volkanovski. I really like that because I think Ortega's striking improvements, man, that really makes that an interesting fight. Yeah, I called Ortega already on another show as well, and I think Ortega is the is the one. He's, okay. he's I just like him. I mean, I love, I love, I like both those guys. I think they're both pretty badass dudes and I think they're both classy but I think that Brian uh, he's a little bit I mean I think he might be a lot younger right he's, yeah he's so. I think my age and Volk is 30. I think there's like a four year age gap between the two somewhere okay. around there alright well there's a lot of damage in the four years <laughs> no I'm just kidding but I, I just feel like you know it, it's there's a lot more uh, to, to win for for Brian like if Brian wins this it's it's a rocket ship to start him this kid is gonna be he's happily in love too he's happily in love too Tracy Cortez I think she's a flyweight so that's great man I love it I love I love love that's great love (laughs) is great we love love we love too and then uh the flyweight Brandon Moreno I don't think they've announced an opponent for him in that division but talk about a guy who's fucking stock just went from here to there I love that kid 
Yeah, I think he's bad. We had him on this pod before, Did you really? before yeah. he won. Yeah, but could he swallow the mic, dude? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, that should be a new challenge. But yeah, you guys can have that. That's, that's, that's a good free. challenge. Free. No, TJ Lavin free. swallow yeah, the yeah, mic Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, perfect, perfect. The TJ Lavin Forrest Griffin swallow the mic challenge. Shout out to Forrest Griffin. Yeah, our guy. Yeah, absolutely. TJ, man, I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to plug in here? Um, yeah, just our show is... is uh, doing well it's in, it's on wednesday nights uh and uh, i believe at eight o'clock and uh, just look at your local listings mtv um and then the other show is on paramount plus it's called all stars and that starts november 4th so um those are the two sh- you know challenge shows that i do and and those are cool and if you uh ever get entailed to swallow a mic give it a shot and you know come on the schmo and you're gonna kill it you would think, man, the host of the challenge is going to create a challenge right here on the Schmozone <laughs> podcast. True. He challenged me to swallow the mic. I swallowed the mic. And you, you did it, bro. You committed and you handled it like a man. Loved it. Swallow the mic. Come on the schmo. Swallow the mic. Come on the schmo. Oh, that's schmo. so weird. Sorry. I don't know. I don't, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. There it is. Episode 75 of the Schmozone podcast. We are out.